everybody, this is Dee Williams, and you are listening to episode number 19 of the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. Let's get fired up. Welcome to StaffingStartup.tv, the podcast that gives you direct access to the world's leading recruitment, staffing, and startup experts. Dee Williams speaks with amazing thought leaders, venture capitalists, and technology trendsetters about their journey, challenges, and successes related to recruitment, staffing, and hiring. Now, here's your host, Dee Williams. Hey, everybody. This is Dee Williams, and welcome to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast, where we get fired up up about recruitment and staffing. That's right. This podcast is all about the ins and outs, ups and downs, and all arounds of finding and nurturing and securing exceptional talent for companies all across the globe. And today we are diving right into one of my favorite segments, Driven Insights. That's right, where we talk to thought leaders about recruitment, hiring, and recruitment leadership practices that will help staffing entrepreneurs support their clients and candidates more effectively and grow their business. And I can't even tell you guys how amped up I am right now, like coming out of my chocolate skin excitement. So happy here to have with us today one of the world's most amazing professional women in leadership who Bill Gates calls her super high bandwidth. Uh, Bill Clinton has thanked her for fostering American entrepreneurship. For over 30 years, this New York Times bestselling author and leadership and culture coach has helped leaders navigate growth and change and is known for proven strategies to optimize executive performance, powerfully enrolling and aligning teams, and rapidly increasing sales and company value. But that's not it. This dynamic thought leader has also built and sold five businesses with an average 700% ROI. She served on over 24 boards and has invested in over 200 companies including Google. She has consulted to the White House through Clinton and Bush, 700 of the Fortune 100, 1,000, excuse me, 300 mid-sized businesses. She was a software engineer in the early days of Microsoft, Apple, and Adobe. New York Times bestselling author of the book, Smart Tribes, How Teams Become Brilliant Together. And today she's here talking about her new book, which I just totally started a mob and the, at the airport in Chicago, just FYI over this book, Power Your Tribe, Create Resilient Teams in Turbul- Turbulent Times. I am beyond completely honored to introduce to you the incomparable Christine Comerford. Christine, so excited to have you here. Thank you, Dee. Woo, that was quite an intro. <laughs> you deserve it. You're like at the top of my favorite people list. And I've been following you pretty aggressively since 2011. But before I get into that, can you tell the world, if, if I haven't already done it for you, but can you tell the world a little bit about who Christine is and, and what you bring to the table? Absolutely. So, so what we what we do at my firm, Smart Tribes Institute, is is we help people step into how amazing they totally are. So, back when I was 15 years old, I was absolutely intrigued by human behavior, 
And I started studying, you know, why are some people happy and some people aren't? Why do some people succeed when it doesn't look like they had any sort of advantage and other people who have all the advantage, why don't they succeed? So I started studying all this and I went to a program that then was called EST and now it's called Landmark. And I really kind of got in to human potential. And now, gosh, fast forward 41 years later, um, I'm still doing that, but I'm using what I found to be the most effective tools ever, which is neuroscience. So we take the latest neuroscience research. A lot of it is, you know, too geeky and not useful, but we take the latest stuff that's really useful to leadership and business and culture, and we map it to really practical tools. And I'll go over some of them today. So you can actually put these tools in place and see benefit in your clients, in your companies, et cetera, very, very quickly. That's amazing. And you know, I definitely want to dive into the neuroscience of this because I am a data geek and <laughs> and really being able to look at, at data, look at other things and create stories and create outcomes from those are always super exciting for me. Um, just a moment ago, I was telling everyone and for any of my staffingpreneurs that are listening or that are watching this on YouTube, because the replay will definitely be on YouTube. You all know Christine in a very intimate way because I talk about Christine in my training classes, right? And the experience that she had meeting, um, stalking, quote unquote, Steve Jobs. So just really quickly, I'm going to tell the story from, from my perspective. Uh, I, in 2011, I was working for a company called The Intersect Group doing some recruiting for the IT space. And I come across this article that said I stalked Steve Jobs, which I thought was very interesting because I was a huge Steve Jobs fan. And I'm thinking, who has the balls? to stalk Steve Jobs <laughs> because from what I read this guy I mean he didn't seem like he was a very open kind of guy so for somebody to actually stalk I was so intrigued by the title alone I clicked on I read the article and I immediately took her name and went into LinkedIn and thought I don't know how I'm going to get this lady to connect with me but I have to because she's bold she's bold she's innovative she's not afraid and Christine, I, you know, you don't know this, but prior to that, I think I definitely had a major fear around connecting with C-level executives. When I read that blog article, it was almost like my fears, fears that I'd carried for years, diminished immediately. And I had became so empowered. And I literally grew my business three times <laughs> over just... <Woo! laughs> Just just being fearless. So can you tell people like your experience and like what happened? Talk about the blog article. Tell us how you stalk Steve Jobs. Yes. Well, for starters, it did it, it wasn't just like, hey, here's a fun idea. Right. It was it came from suffering. You know, I had I had left Microsoft as an engineer. I was super disillusioned. I had slaved 12 to 14 hour days for years, like really trying to change the world. Yeah with technology and it wasn't working. Yeah. And I just felt like, God, I sacrificed all this. Like, what did I miss? So I thought, okay, who's going to have an insight on this? Well, Steve Jobs, I mean, he's brilliant. So basically I actually started sending FedExes, you know, heartfelt kind of short, sweet, compelling letters. Then I started doing phone calls and seven FedExes and 12 phone calls later, finally, he gets on the phone, his assistant patches me through, and he's like, you know, what do you want? <laughs> kind of like, leave me alone, you weird woman. And I was like, all I need is five minutes of your time. I've got questions that nobody else can answer but you. 
he's like, bring a timer. So I brought one of those little timers. Uh, some of us grew up with these, those little white timers that go ticket, 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 oh, yeah. ding. And that our moms used to use when they baked. And I set it in the table and I, I set it for five minutes. And what was amazing was I asked just a couple of questions. I just wanted to understand his brain and like how it worked. And within moments, I was like in his beautiful brain and it was so vast. And we were like zooming into the future. And I was like kind of like riding along with him. And he was explaining all these things that we have now. This was like 18 years before they ever hit the market. You know, iPhone, iPod, iPad. And then the, t- the timer goes off, ding. And so I kind of like start backing up and kind of bowing as I leave the table. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not done with you yet. Sit down. 45 minutes later, you know, I'm finally released, you know, from the meeting. But after that, I was like, you know what? It is, it is our destiny to create amazing things. Yeah. It is our great good fortune, you know, to zoom into the future and to pay attention and to remove pain and to solve problems and to empower people. That is our great good fortune. And if we aren't stepping into that, we're just choosing to play small. Yes. It's all about doing the work that you love, doing the things that you love, not just the work, but doing what you love. And because when you love that work, then it doesn't feel like work. It becomes yep. a part of who you are. And uh, you know, I work hundreds of hours as you do, I'm sure. And my mom says something, just being in an older generation, oh baby, you're gonna get tired. Just lay down. And I'm like, mom, I love what I do. Like sleep holds me back. <laughs> You know, so I totally get it. So, okay. So Christine Comfort is on staffingstartup.tv. I know you guys are fired up. We are going to be right back with more Christine in a moment. Do not go anywhere. Stay right here. We'll be right back. Entrepreneurs, if you've ever thought about building a business that will allow you to give back and earn a decent living, one that will allow you to leave your mark on society, you know, meaningful work. I would like to open your mind to the $429 billion global industry called recruitment and staffing. Choose a niche market, learn the basics of the business, and then make it yours. Learn more about how you can get started at staffingpreneursacademy.com today. Okay, so we are back. Welcome back to staffingstartup.tv. I'm Dee Williams, and I'm here with the amazing Christine Comfort, who is the author of Power Your Tribe, Create Resilient Teams in Turbulent Times. That's right. She's got her book. And hold on, let me hold mine up too. I have mine too, along with the audio (laughs) version. We are representing here, okay? So Christine, I really want to talk. So first of all, you know, this community is full of new entrepreneurs that are supporting uh, 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 companies across the globe from a recruitment and staffing and even a, a, a resource consulting perspective. I have tons of CHROs that are listening and um, recruiters, staffing professionals. When we are talking about building tribes and building teams, how can my audience do so? What does that look like? Talk to us, please. Fill us in. Yes, yes. 
so there are so many different tribes. I'm going to start with with the first one that you guys might be building. Okay. And when we start to think about the tribes that surround recruiters, right? There's the connection that they want with their client. Mm-hmm. There's the connection that they want with their candidates. Mm-hmm. There's making sure that there's a cultural alignment between the candidate and the client. So I want to go over a really quick tool, um, and it's it's basically screening to ensure that the person, the candidate, is actually value aligned. Okay. See, what happens is recruiting often is problematic because candidates aren't being asked self-revealing questions. They aren't being screened to see if they are naturally part of the company culture. You can't fake what your values are. Right. Your values are either aligned with the client or they're not. So since the interview is the rock star moment, what we recommend our clients do, and they love this process, check it out, is you, you post you know an ad and we call it an impact description. It's a little bit different from a job description. Okay. It says why this job matters, what the company's values are, um, who this job serves, how this job makes a difference. It's designed to actually fire up uh, and release oxytocin bonding, serotonin, feel good, dopamine, anticipation of reward. And if somebody doesn't fire off that one hormone and those two neurotransmitters, they're not part of your tribe anyway. So don't worry about it. Okay. So first we replace the impact description, the impact this job has and why it's so important and the value alignment that we're seeking and who you are to thrive. Then somebody responds and they get an autoresponder. Thank you so much for your interest in such and such position. We do our first level of interviewing digitally. Please answer these three questions and send the answers to email address number two, which is going to be the only email address you're going to check. Okay. Because the resume spammer sent everything to email address number one. Okay. Here are an example of some of the questions. Which of our company values are you most aligned with, are most aligned with your personal values and why? Okay. Please tell us sometimes in your career when you have powerfully embodied our values. Hmm. What are five career accomplishments you are most proud of? By just asking these three questions, these are self-revealing, you will actually hear and see whether the person is value-aligned with you or not. Okay. There's no point in pursuing any sort of interview if they're not aligned with your company's values. Okay. And most employers today are really looking at... Um, looking for someone based on skill set, not necessarily, they don't really look at the culture. They don't look at values and different things like that. It's just like, let's get somebody in, but you're saying you're going to lose money. You're going to waste time. You're going to do, there's going to be so many disadvantages by not understanding whether or not this person is a fit for the company as a whole. Is that correct? Yes. And if we look at the three places that conflict occurs in the workplace and conflict is what messes everything up, it doesn't matter if they have the right skills, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a ton of conflict, conflict is around communication. Uh, Do they have clear communication? Um, Feedback. Are they able to accept feedback? right? Do they have the value of wanting to grow? And then accountability is accountability is integrity is honoring their word. Is that really important to them? Mm. And when we make sure somebody is value aligned with us, we're going to get open opportunities for clear communication, for giving and receiving feedback, and for talking about and dealing with accountability breakdowns. So without that, if you look at all of our clients, the thousand plus clients we've worked with, when things break down, it's a value misalignment because the values are aligned. We can work through anything. 
So is that where the S, because I've been all through your book and, and a thousand places, yeah. is that where the SBM behavior decoding uh, kind of comes in? Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. So, so D, first we want to figure out if the person is, you know, value aligned with us. Okay. Second, we want to figure out what emotional experience do they want from their work with us? Do they want the experience of safety, um, security, freedom from fear, certainty, knowing that we have their back? belonging, knowing that they fit in, they have equal value with us, they're part of the tribe, um, mattering, being acknowledged, being appreciated for their unique gifts. And so once we understand what drives them at that most primal level, safety, belonging, or mattering, then we can speak to them and offer them that emotional experience. I've got your back. I'm so glad you're on the team. Wow, I really see you as a thought leader. Look at all your cool accomplishments. You know, can you bring those accomplishments to our team? Once we understand that, then we can navigate through the challenging times with them and understand what triggers them, not feeling safe not feeling belonging, not feeling mattering. And we also know how to light them up, which is awesome. Okay. So when, when they answer those three questions, is it one, one or one of the three or can they do all three or how does that work? Thank you. We all want all three, but we want to know what their big whopper is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because that's where they're going to go when they get triggered. Okay. When they're in critter state and they're in fight, flight, freeze, it's going to be because they're not experiencing one of those three. You're listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. For more info on today's show, be sure to check out the show notes at StaffingStartup.tv. And so what type of results, like what type of companies have you used this process on and what type of results did, did they see? Yes, good. So we find that we increase employee retention by 90% or more wow. when we are focusing on, yeah, it's real. Uh, safety, belonging, mattering. We increase in one of my favorites. We increase individual productivity, 35 to 50%. Woo. We don't necessarily need more bodies. We need people in what we call their smart state, all three parts of their brain firing on all cylinders. And we increase profit per employee by 22% or more. That's amazing. And you know, it's, it's good for business, you know, and it makes people feel good too. And everybody's talking about kind of this phenomenon. I call it a phenomenon because it's something we, we aren't necessarily used to, but really using talent for, um, in an effective manner, Bain and company. I know, did you happen to catch the book time, talent and Ener- energy that they put out earlier this year? Well, they're talking about that. They're talking about not having to hire 50 people, but being able to take your core 25 and to be able to utilize them in a way that is efficient throughout the company. And so that's it's a very similar process. So I absolutely love that. So does that, is that where the SBM behavior decode, decoding comes in? Because I'm loving yes. that thought process. Yes, because we want to start to notice when a person is cr- in critter state, when they're in fight, flight, freeze, why? Okay, so maybe um, if we see this particular behavior of fighting back, of saying that they can't move forward, of planning their exit, of spreading fear, they're just in critter state, fight, flight, freeze, and they're craving safety. Okay. So let's decode that. If we see behaviors of withholding information, um, uh, dropping out of communication, isolating, ah, they're just in their critter state and they're craving belonging. Bring them back into the tribe. Mm-hmm. If we see the behaviors of condescension, of I have to do everything around here, um, of uh, arrogance, of shutting others out and shutting others down, they are in their critter state and they are craving mattering. 
So think of it this way. We want to make the outside world match our inside world. It's called identity coherence. So if I am not feeling safe inside, anybody who has elderly parents will understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeling safe inside, I will look at all the ways the world is very scary and talk about that so everybody else feels scared with me. So this is just a way that our brain cannot feel nuts and can make the outside world and our inside world match. But as leaders, we need to go, wow, Susie Q is really showing that she is craving safety. Let me sit down with her and say, hey, let's work this through together. Let's create a plan and a backup plan. And I've got your back and I'm here with you. And we are together, which is a magic word. Together conveys safety and belonging and mattering. Use it liberally. And so this is something that you can do prior to the hire to screen, but definitely something that you can manage um, over the course of the life of an employee's tenure with the company. Is that what you're saying? Yep. And whenever they get into trouble, notice what it is. What, look at their behavior using the decoder, you know, in good old power your tribe yeah. and say, ah, I just need to bring them some safety or yeah. some belonging or some mattering and see how quickly they shift into their smart state, which is high collaboration, high innovation, high productivity, happiness. I love it. You're tapping into that psychology that we all really need to connect with on so many different levels. That's amazing. So with these tribes, you know, when I think of tribes, I think of culture. I feel like they kind of go hand in hand and lots of conversation today around what culture is, what it looks like and how to not just curate a culture that um, that represents the ingenuity that we're looking for today in talent, right? But being able to maintain that culture. Do you believe, and I already know the answer, but do you believe <laughs> that um, the way you create this tribe will define how the culture of an organization will, you know, will, will be lived out? Um, yes. And culture is a moving target. Oh. We're never like, done, right? Because we're bringing new people in. We're bringing in new um, outside influences, right? Market conditions change. Customers change. Suppliers change. Staff changes. Leadership changes. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is why we talk so much about resilience and emotional agility and how as leaders and often Hey, in staffing, we're leading our clients and we're leading the candidate. Yes. So I want us to really look at emotional resilience and where we, in the following seven steps, and I'll talk about a couple of tools to navigate them, but one of the first things that gets us in trouble when there's a lot of change Mm -hmm. and stress Mm -hmm. is that we start to resist it. I don't want that. I don't want that. And we have to go, okay, you know what? When we press against something, right, it makes it worse, right? What we resist persists Mm -hmm. because we put so much energy against resistance. Right. Instead of consenting, consenting doesn't mean approving. Consenting means saying, wow, this is hard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Here I am feeling that it's hard. Okay. Got it. I'm not going to smoosh it down and deny it. Now what would I like? You know, and cre- stopping to focus on the problem and starting to create the outcome. So as we look at releasing resistance, and if you're having one of those really gnarly days and you can't just go, well, what would I like? Because you're like, Arr. There's a very cool tool, and we call it maneuvers of consciousness that we talk about, and it's basically three minutes of each phase. First, negative evaluation. Here's all the stuff I hate about this particular thing. And then when the three minutes goes up, 
look at the emotion wheel also in the book and say, okay, I feel mad. I feel threatened. I feel scared. Okay. Got it. Shake the body out. Now the next phase is curiosity. Huh? How did this situation come to be? I wonder how, what other ways are of looking at this situation. I wonder um, who else is involved in this situation. You start getting really curious. Mm -hmm. Three minutes is up. You look at your emotion wheel. Ah, now I'm feeling sort of, um, pensive and I'm feeling sort of inquisitive mm -hmm. and like that big edge is gone. Okay, great. Shake your body out. Now next is kind of amazement. Wow. It's amazing that we're actually surviving through this. It's amazing. All the things that are amazing about that thing that you were resisting. Mm -hmm. Look at the emotional wheel. Now I'm feeling maybe empowered. I'm feeling maybe receptive. Um, and now shake your body out. The last phase, appreciation, full appreciation. I'm so glad this experience is happening because it's helping me to become a great leader. It's helping me to understand George and Sue and Tyrone's different perspectives. I didn't even consider that before. Look at the emotion wheel. I'm feeling peaceful. I'm feeling joyful, et cetera. And that took 12 minutes from to just like fully appreciating it. It's a great way to reframe any particular challenging situation, but also it helps us see how agile we are. We're very emotionally agile. Human beings are tremendously resistant, or excuse me, resilient, resilient. <laughs> once we get past that first step of resistance. And though that kind of helps you keep your edge too, I feel like, uh, because I have those moments consistently. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, but if you're able to really sit back and, and to me, it's a woosah moment, but really able to sit back, look at the situation from many different angles and regain my composure that's that's really allowing me to keep my edge and, and to stay sharp and stay on top of things. Do you find that this is great for not just leaders, but actual uh, team mates within a, a, a business? Thank you, Dee. Um, yes, maneuvers of consciousness can also be done as a team. Okay. But any individual can use this anytime to shift their state. But also if, if a bunch of us are in a particular project are getting really grumpy because things aren't going well, we could all do negative evaluation together, look at the emotional wheel, all do curiosity together, all do amazement together, all do full appreciation together. It's one of those exercises, one of those tools that really shifts the brain, it fires up the ventral striatum, it releases dopamine, and we start anticipating this, this gorgeous future. Whereas before we were just like stuck and fight, flight, freeze, and there was no possibility of innovation, creativity, and shifting. That's great. That's so amazing. Okay, so we're going to have more with Christine Comerford in a moment. In a moment. We're going to talk about metaprograms, uh, which is Woo. something that was kind of my first time hearing this, this term when I read her book. So we're going to talk a lot about metaprograms, and we'll be right back. <laughs> HR leaders are under more pressure than ever to deliver high-quality people-related solutions quickly and effectively. And Identifies Consulting is your number one strategic play when it comes to hiring, entrepreneurial recruitment, and HR talent. You can build the right team for the business when you hire true business partners in recruitment and HR. Learn more at IdentifiesConsulting.com. That's I-D-E-N-T-I-F-I-Z-E, Consulting.com. 
or call 866-432-8801. All right, guys. So welcome back to StaffingStartup.tv. My name is Dee Williams, in case this is your first time checking in. And today, my special guest is Christine Comerford. And I'm definitely one of the people I admire. Like in my top 10 list, she's definitely on that top 10 list, right? And um, she does amazing things in with, with transformational coaching and, and understanding your yourself as a leader and how to lead and manage your tribe, your teams. And she has this concept in the book. She talks about meta programs. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm going to let her talk <laughs> about meta programs. But I was like, let me just say I was sitting on my sofa like, <laughs> you know, like going crazy as I was reading. Christine, can you tell us a little bit about meta programs? Yes. So think of it this way, Dee. Um, We've got safety, belonging, mattering. We understand that. That's pretty basic stuff. The next level of giving somebody the experience of same as, being the same as them, when we give somebody the experience of being the same as them, they don't have to be stressed. They don't have to resist. And if we are, you know, trying to encourage them to be accountable, et cetera, they can, you know, be more excited about it. So meta programs are actually, when you understand them, and I'll go over them in a sec, you understand a person's structure of their identity. You understand the structure beneath their belief system. Very powerful. Let me go over a couple of them. Meta programs um, are in um, couples, okay, pairs of two. And they are contextual, just like safety, belonging, mattering. You might crave safety with your financial advisor, belonging with your friends, mattering at work, Meta programs also are contextual. So look at the different contexts of your life. So the first one is toward or away. Toward people are get, attain, achieve. Goals, 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 goals. Going toward pleasure. Away people want to solve problems, mitigate risk, prevent disaster. Go away from pain. Okay. They don't conceive of pleasure. They conceive of controlling the amount of pain. Okay. The toward people don't really think about the pain. They, they're like, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So if you're talking about all the cool stuff you can achieve, but you're talking to in a way person, they'll be like, but what about the risks? But what could go wrong? You're not going to have rapport with them. So we need to understand what, pe- what people's meta programs are. So a great question is, um, what are your top three priorities? Or you could say, what are your top three challenges or opportunities? Check that out. Challenges away opportunities toward and then they're going to tell you what they are and then you can start to go well if they're away well let's talk about how we could prevent this problem let's talk about how we could solve for this you know and they'll be like oh wow she's just like me Mm -hmm. okay but they're going to think this at the subconscious level next beyond toward away options procedures options people want the uh tons of different choice they might chase after bright shiny objects um They think of criteria. Why did you pick your car? Black, fast, good mileage. Mm -hmm. A procedures person doesn't want a lot of choice. They want proven step-by-step process. A procedures person is compelled, keyword, to finish the process. If you ask a procedures person, why did you pick your car? They'll tell you a story. I was curious about my car. wasn't really happy about it. Wanted to see what else was out there. Um, test drove my friend D's, went and talked to my mechanic, uh, went to the uh, dealership and bought the car. You're going to hear the steps they went through. So we need to understand because if we give too much choice to a procedures person, they're going to shut down. If we have too many restrictions and not enough choice for an options person, 
they're going to shut down. Right. All right. So we want to understand that to have rapport with people. Um, active reflective. Active. Think of Nike's just do it. It's almost like just do it and maybe think about it later. Right. So right. the active people have a high bias to action. Sometimes they act too fast and they make mistakes. Mm-hmm. The reflective people consider, ponder, understand, analyze, then take action. Right. So you can't rush those guys. Um, you need to slow down the other guys. Right. So here's the thing. We want some due diligence and grab the ankle of the active person and ask them some questions so that we actually get a, a good behavior, if you will. And then with the reflective people, we need to give them a firm deadline. Okay, final budget, final budget. Woo! Tuesday at 9 a.m. Final budget. Budget done. <laughs> right. Okay, so that's active reflective. And let's just do one last one, which is uh, general and specific. Okay. Pretty obvious one here. General, how was your weekend? It was awesome. We went sailing. Specific, how was your weekend? It was awesome. We went sailing. The guy built the boat himself. He cut down the trees and planed the wood, and then he and then he stained it, and then he sailed all around the South Pacific. And you're just like, okay, okay, the weekend was good. So, general people, they're gonna. It's gonna be painful if you give them too much specificity. Specific people, if you stay too high in generalities, they're not gonna trust you. Yeah. Oh, what is she yeah. hiding? Yeah. <laughs> So as we start, and you can learn all about metaprograms in good old chapter seven with a bunch of examples, but as we start to speak to people in their metaprograms, it is not all the time because you would be sort of like kind of nuts, right? Like, who are you? But in key conversations, in moments of key stress, speaking in their metaprograms really makes a difference. That is amazing. And it really makes me think about how we, um, how we entertain people from a hiring perspective, you know, how we think about how, because those are not things you ever see on a job description, or I have never heard anyone interview from that perspective. Now, maybe I'll get a personality test or I'm required to take one, but for one to even screen me from that perspective and then to notice that about me, I'm clearly the person that's going to give you all the details about my vacation, (laughs) right? (laughs) That is clearly me. So, but I I was thinking while you were saying those things, I was thinking, have I ever even thought about that when I've screened candidates and thinking about all the mismatches that I have potentially made throughout my career and where those missing holes were. And I feel like it's definitely things like this, where from a skill set perspective, they were phenomenal. But then when you get beyond that skill set, it's like they, they sit in this cube and they're definitely not connecting. They're uncomfortable. The manager is uncomfortable. The team yep. as a whole is uncomfortable. They're calling me, D, I need to get out of here. But they were a great match, but really they weren't. Right. Not from all angles. And you're really bringing this extra aspect in. So meta programs at a core is just about understanding where that person is from a foundational perspective. Is that right? Did I say it right? Think of it this way. Um, yes. Think of it this way. It's how they experience the world. OK. OK. So in a way, person who experiences the world looking for risks, to mitigate problems to solve disasters to prevent if they're surrounded by people who are like get attain achieve go 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 with no thought of the risks and the problems to solve they're not going to feel comfortable mm-hmm. they're going to be saying these aren't my people yes i have the right skills to do this job so we we screen for values first do they fit in and have the same values as the company then we screen for what emotional experience do they want at work safety belonging mattering now 
We're going deeper. What is their experience of the world? What is the structure of their identity and belief systems? Metaprograms. And we have some um, some recruiting questions in Power Your Tribe. Okay, what chapter is because, that? Tell them what um, chapter. That, uh, seven, chapter <laughs> seven, seven. Yes, chapter those were seven. my favorite two chapters, actually. Uh, chapter six, seven, and eight were really, uh, I felt like super powerful chapters. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And in eight, we talk a lot about culture and cultural game plans and the best employee engagement survey ever. That's only 10 questions long and helps you uncover the safety, belonging, mattering challenges within different departments and divisions of your company and then across your whole company overall. Because if we aren't meeting the emotional needs of our people, we are not getting the productivity from them. And also their hearts aren't in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we work a lot. Let's make sure that our hearts are in it. Yeah. We spend most of our time at work. So, Christine, I have all of these newbies. You know, the big question that I have is if someone is brand new coming into this industry and they are looking to set themselves apart, they want to show a different value proposition than the other 19,408 agencies that are in the United States. If they read Power Your Tribe and they follow, because I'm in your tribe, clearly, <laughs> so, and they become a part of your tribe, like how, what would, what advice would you give a new entrepreneur who is looking to start up and scale and, but, but really keep these, these core concepts in mind? Yes. Um, what I would say is first, they have to differentiate, just like you mentioned. So hi, Susie Q, why is your approach different? You know, and she should probably lead with it. You know, right. I use a neuroscience based approach to make sure we have a cultural fit and an actual connection, human connection, because frankly, the skills, that's the easy part. Yeah, that's the value add that I bring, making sure it's a cultural fit and that there's actually human connection. And here are the tools that I use and they're from Power Your Tribe and blah, blah, blah. And they've worked with a thousand other companies, blah, blah, blah. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. The StaffingStartup.tv podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before you make any decision based on anything in our podcast. Visit StaffingStartup.tv to learn more about how we're regulated or access our terms and conditions. Where do you have anything you want to share? Anything in particular that you want to say outside of, of me asking questions? Yes. Um, <laughs> if so, so if everybody goes to Smart Tribes Institute, Smart Tribes Institute.com slash subscribe, you can get on our in our into our tribe and you can get all sorts of the great stuff that we send out on a regular basis. Yes, um, yeah. Tools like the tools we just sent out, we just sent out the impact description tool because one of our clients gave us a testimonial the other day and they said, it's taken us three months and we've gotten two dozen candidates. Nobody was a fit. We used the impact description. It took us one week wow. and we got nine candidates. And now we're trying to figure out, oh my gosh, we can only hire one. That's phenomenal. So use these tools because they save you a lot of time and that makes you look good in front of your client, uh, whether your client is internal or external. Mm -hmm. You know, people need to get the right people on their tribe, in their tribe, and then they need to understand how to foster them and cultivate them and elevate them. Definitely. Awesome. Christine, will you come back to hang out with us? There's so <laughs> It just wasn't enough time. I really want to dive into more things. You have things in your other books, too, that I want to talk about as well. So I would love for you to come back. Would you be open? 
Absolutely. Oh, and let me and let me mention one last thing. Okay. On poweryourtribe.com, poweryourtribe.com, you can opt in there and there are a series of short little videos that will teach you some of the tools as well. Awesome. That I think you guys will find helpful as that's well. Awesome. So that's my midnight homework tonight. And uh, <laughs> so get on poweryourtribe.com. Make sure you check out Christine. She's got a YouTube channel too. Um, she's on Facebook. And just get into her world and definitely follow her on LinkedIn. She's also a Forbes contributor. And so she always has amazing articles on Forbes that not just enlighten you, but will give you something to think about and to take back into your recruitment and staffing business. One of the things that I tell each and every one of you staffingpreneurs all the time is that understanding the foundation of what recruitment what recruitment and staffing is and what they offer is great, but being able to put your own twist onto things is what sets you apart, is one of the major things that sets you apart. One of the reasons why I wanted Christine to come on today's podcast is because she is looking at things from a totally different perspective. And when you have an opportunity to take some a perspective and include it into what you already have in some way, form or fashion, now you've got your own little recipe. We want you to be a value to both your clients and your candidates. Christine's program is phenomenal. Her training and her book, get the book, go through the videos that she's offering, figure out how you can support your clients in the most dynamic manner. And um, and she's coming back to talk a little bit more in, in a couple of months. Christine, we really love you. We're so thankful Thank that you. you came today. <laughs> and we look forward to having you back again. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Dee. Awesome. We've had Christine coming for today, guys. Really appreciate you and have an amazing day. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at StaffingStartup.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please leave a five-star rating and a super awesome review so others can enjoy the show too. Check out the live video footage on YouTube. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.